This is the Quadrant Podcast, Episode 3. Hello guys, welcome to the third episode of Quadrant Podcast. Here with us we have a very special guest that we found through our Reddit campaign. So let's get it started. Hi, hi, I'm EJ. Um, so I'm a little bit of an odd uh, situation as far as traveling goes in that I didn't even have my passport until 2012. Um, I grew up right outside of New York City, uh, about an hour north of New York City, and Grew up in the same house in college and still went to college in New York, upstate New York. And then I went a little crazy. Uh, I went to, just went to Colorado for grad school and I was in university to be a teacher. And uh, teaching in the States is is not not good. You know, it's they're scarce and the pay is very poor. Um, so I was I was actually not, not an ESL teacher, but like a you know, certified public school teacher, a music teacher, I should say. Uh, my okay. specialty was actually in like orchestras and bands and, and things like that. In 2012, at, right after I graduated, I went through a pretty dramatic breakup and um, and applied for about 50 or 60 jobs in in the states, and you know got two interviews and and no no offers. And so I figured, what's what's holding me in the states? And I had heard of uh, teachers teaching in international schools overseas, so I looked into it and. Uh, Actually, right after I finished grad school, I'm like, I should, I should get a passport because I just hadn't had a passport before. I never needed it. Um, just, I'd always, you know, been interested in what was out there, but never really had the push or the drive to go, you know, traveling. And so um, I started applying for jobs overseas, looking here, looking there. I almost accepted a job in Singapore. And then I actually ended up in Oman which is a country that at least Americans don't really know that well or at all um, in the in the Middle East. And uh, I got the job offer as a, you know, a, a music teacher at a at an international school out there. And I was on a plane about three days later. Um, you know, in three days, I put together all of my, I packed all of my bags, made all of my plans. All right, I said, bye family, I'll, I'll see you later. Um, and I, I, I hadn't honestly even heard of the country before. I had to look it up on Wikipedia uh, to learn anything. Um, it, it was, and it was a super interesting job in that it was, um, a it was a private school and it was technically an international school, but it was only for Omanis. And so I don't know how much you guys know about Oman and the people there, but um, the people who are rich are ultra rich. Uh, there's oil up the wazoo there. And so I had this really interesting thing where I had these kids who were, whose parents were, were millionaires and, you know, and I remember one of my first days, in the first couple of weeks, um, I forget what kind of car we were, I was talking about with some kids, some kid, and uh, it was like a year six, I believe, and um, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, my, my, my dad, my dad has a Ferrari. I'm like, oh yeah, what kind? He goes, oh, and he started rattling off all these different cars, like, and these kids weren't lying, they had unbelievable wealth um interesting uh, and, and yet, so i was there for about, sorry go ahead no and yet 
it was must it must have been a really interesting cultural shock for you especially yes. considering that you didn't know a thing about the country three days before leaving exactly <laughs> how do you how do you get a, got a job i mean uh, if you didn't know anything about the country before leaving how do you apply you apply like uh to all the countries you could go or especially like Oman or i don't know because if you got the job in Oman and you were three days away from your flight and you didn't know uh, very much about the country I, i don't know yeah how did that how did that happen so i kind of glossed over that um so uh There are several organizations and websites that uh, help certified teachers, not just from the States, but all over the world, who are interested in teaching in international schools. And they're kind of uh, placement uh, websites. And so schools were advertised positions on there. And then sometimes schools will also look for uh, profiles and people to hire on there as well. Uh, and um, I had there was a posting on one of these websites for a job in Oman, and you know, I just I had applied for maybe 20 or 30 jobs, and um, I didn't even. I think it, it was at that point I had to look it up on Wikipedia. I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, adventure. Um, and uh, so they contacted me. We had a we had a Skype interview, and um, they're like, all right. When, when can you come out? Because actually what happened is they had hired a music teacher months and months ago and that person just hadn't shown up um, <laughs> in school year. So I actually started school there about two weeks into the year, I believe. Um, and I remember I got there really late at night. Um, like it was, it was like nine or 10 o'clock at night and someone had picked me up at the airport and we we're driving down one of these roads alongside the highway And there were just these huge, huge, like gated palaces. Palaces isn't the right word, but mansions maybe. And you know, some of the biggest houses I'd ever seen, which are really commonplace out there. I remember asking the guy from the school, like, "Oh, like that must be some famous person or like you know, royalty lived there." And he goes, "Like, oh, no, just, just some guy. You know, oh, what that one up? Oh, just, just some guy." <laughs> um, really fortunate that I, I didn't really experience much culture shock um, it was I, part of it was that I was living on a compound with um, mostly expats so it was a really smooth and um, easy transition into into working there and living there uh, but I, I really really enjoyed my time there I I like to call it like, you know, like one of the hidden gems of the world because it's absolutely gorgeous and no one ever goes there. I think at the time when I was there, I was one of about 800 Americans. Cool. Uh, the, uh, at least that was the figure that the, uh, that the consulate gave us. There are many, many Brits um, and South Africans and Indians and, and from those kind of areas, but um, just one of those places that Americans don't go, you know? Yeah. And how do you feel, Ben, so far from him? I mean, even even if you say the cultural shock was much slighter than, than you thought it would be, it it's always, a, and we say this based on experience, it's always a hard thing to, to leave your mother country and to just leave all your family behind to do something different. And especially in your case, where you're going to a country you knew so little about. Um... Yeah, I mean, looking back, I guess it was hard. It took me a little while to, you know, really get some good friends going. 
and really settle into the country. But at the same time, I guess I was really kind of just hungry for adventure in any way and new experiences and things like that. And it just happened to come along in, in this kind of in this kind of situation. Uh, and a part of it is also if you embrace something fully, you know, if you give your all to something, it makes it makes it a lot easier. Whether it's moving to a new country or learning a new instrument or or a hobby or something, you know, if you if you dive into things completely 100, percent it's it makes the transition much smoother, you know. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, I didn't learn much Arabic while I was there, but I kind of embraced the kind of lifestyle um, and and um, you know just. Uh, everything Omani, like he's, yeah, here in China where I live now, uh, all of my walls I have Omani flags, like pictures of Oman. Um, I have a magnet on my fridge of uh, Sultan Qaboos, the uh, the leader of Oman. Um, I, it's I really do love that country. I went back um, after I left, and I'll probably be going back next year. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what about the teaching? Because as you mentioned, you were a music teacher. And the mm. music skill and music, well, the way people usually use music can change a lot depending on culture. So did, did you notice any important difference in the way your students learned or, you know, um, uh, used music compared to anyone back home? So it was really interesting because, as I said, it was a, a school for just Omanis. And it was also, it was a Muslim school. And... I myself am not Muslim, and the majority of the teachers were not Muslim. Um, and there were several families, and quite a few families, I'd say, in the school who were um, at least semi-conservative. And um, we ran into some trouble here and there with um, families saying that the music we were teaching was a haram, you know, like kind of like a sin. Um, if you're speaking Arabic, excuse my my horrible accent. Um, Like we had, we had quite a few trouble, problems with that, and we weren't doing anything you know, outrageous, you know. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, that's a legitimate concern. We had to, and we had to deal with that. Um, and I understand. But what was really interesting is that Oman is it's liberal for a Muslim country, you know. Right. But it's conservative compared to the West, if that makes sense. Yes. And um, we had a, a solid handful of students who were just really hungry and thirsty for um, something more as far as music goes. Um, we had this really active rock band and um, I remember once there was this year 10 or year 11 uh, girl who was really into, who was just starting to discover like uh, punk, which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of unheard of out there. Like even the students who are interested in music were interested in like, you know, Guns N' Roses, Um, Queen, uh, you know, kind of the classics. Yep. And I remember her talking to like about Green Day and things, and and then one day she came to me and, and said, "What are there like all girl bands? Like are there all girl punk bands?" Yeah. And uh, this is so hard to date. One of my favorite experiences as a teacher, I recommended several like all girl punk bands to her, like um, Bikini Kill and and Sleater Kinney and. I'm not, not exactly strictly punk, but um, along those lines. And the next day she comes back, like, just saying, like, oh, thank you. It's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> so we just had this, this really kind of thirst. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. From a handful of students who, who, who were still Muslim, but just had this, who just really wanted to express themselves through music and had this real interest in 
um, this Western kind of, it's a blanket term, rock and roll. Interesting. Uh, okay, you you do you do say that a man is a little bit. Uh, what was the word you used? Less conservative than other Islam countries. But what are their attitudes toward women? Because it's something that, that sort of strikes me as interesting in your story is the interest of this girl or of knowing all girl bands. It sounds like it's something... It sounds like something is somewhere in a culture with a very uh, complicated perspective to women will ask, especially because she, she will be interested in, in, in women from other countries doing all these things by themselves. Uh, am I assuming something wrong here? No, um, you're, you're right. It was that, that part of it is, it was a complicated uh, thing of it. And, and as a man, speaking of the, the plight of women in Oman, <laughs> you know, I'll do my best to, to convey it, but I'm sure I will leave something out or, or misspeak. <laughs> but for the most part, um, or technically, I guess, on the books, women have just about the same rights of, as men in, in Oman. Um, they don't have to cover... Um, they don't have to wear the hijab unless you go into a mosque. Um, things they you know they can drive, they can be on their own, things like that. Um, but there are still many, many um, social restrictions. Yeah, you could say that. That's a good way to put it. So I lived in Muscat, um, the capital, and things were much more liberal there than they were in other parts of the country. So that's kind of speaking my experience from living in the capital. Um, Like I had, I had friends who, you know, they had women who had expat women friends, uh, who had maybe long, slightly longer hair, you know, past their shoulders, and they would have stories all the time about just walking in the mall, you know, not wearing anything revealing, but would have Omani men walk by, and, you know, like give them the, you know, like scoff at them or something. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple times where we traveled um, inland into the inner inner parts of Oman, and if there were any um, any women with us, they, we would usually have to say that they were one of our sisters or wives. Um, uh, just, you know, because if they didn't, two things would happen. One, um, the, some of the, if there's possibly an older Omani man, he would usually say, like, shame on you, or they would just, you know, aggressively flirt. <laughs> well, that's... That's always an interesting, interesting perspective to to sort of see in Islamist countries. I, I myself have not been extensively to to many countries of the type. I think that the only one I could say I went to was Morocco. That's the way to say it in English, right? Morocco, which is at south of, of Spain. And oh, I have so many stories of cultural shock that I that I experienced there. That's what I ask because when. When when you tell the story of this little girl asking about all girl bands, wow! I it, it sort of resonated with so many things I saw in that country. Another uh, interesting example of this is uh, a friend of mine while I was out there. Um, ex another expat friend had befriended um, quite a few maybe middle-aged Omani men, right. and uh, there was we went out to uh, just some beach in Muscat. I forget the name of it. And um, there were, and we had, you know, some food. It was evening. It was six, seven o'clock, and um, it was maybe four or five of us, you know, ranging from mid twenties to, to mid forties, and uh, <clears throat> like uh, Muslim and uh, non-Muslim and expat and local. 
and there was a group of girls, maybe, you know, not that far away, um, 50 meters or so on the other side of the beach. And they, they were all Amani and they were all very conservatively dressed. They weren't wearing, um, they weren't wearing a they were wearing a bias, excuse me, but they weren't wearing a veils, you know? Right. And, um, they were maybe late teens, early twenties, and they were just kind of giggling, you know, having a good time. There's maybe four or five of them, and uh, one of the Omani men we were with just starts going like, ah. like, starts saying like, "Oh, that's that's really they should not be doing that. That's entirely inappropriate." Um, and uh, I don't I don't mean to be culturally insensitive, but it was just really interesting. We had, and it spurred on this really great conversation about, um, you know. Well, like me coming from a Christian background, like, why is that inappropriate? They're dressed as conservatively as, as can be, you know? Um, they're just kind of giggling off, off in the, on the corner. And, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, like, oh, they're, they're being loud and there's no, none of their fathers or, or brothers are with them or things like that. And that was the first time, that was within the first few months that I was there. That was the first time that, like, it really hit me, like, oh, like, how... Like, even though I don't see it day to day like that, that um, a slight oppression or open oppression, I guess, towards women is, is still there. Yeah, it's a, it's a very complicated. It's always I, I'm glad you're bringing this topic up in the podcast, because that's one of those cultural perceptions that is hardest to, to, to sort of discuss, because there's so many uh, mixed opinions regarding that. And everything regarding the, the Middle East is... It's, it's a very poorly understood geographical area and it's it, it's regrettably one of the areas that not that many adventurers actively avoid and it's a shame because there's so much interesting thing so many interesting people to talk to so many different things to sort of try and understand you're absolutely right as far as um, people actively avoiding it I can't tell you how many people I talk to and said I'm going to Oman and you know They would have these wild misconceptions because, well, unfortunately, at least my my circle in the states, um, what they think of as the Middle East is Saudi, or at least what happened in Saudi. You know, that kind of ultra religious, ultra conservative, you know, super oppressive kind of kind of state there. How long did you stay uh, in Oman? I finished grad school in 2011. I got my passport in 2011. So I was in Oman from 2011 to 2013. Uh, so it, once you were done in Oman, how did you end up in China? So um, I should mention really quickly before we move on from Oman, um, if anyone wants to go there, it's perfectly safe. I encourage everyone to go to Oman. It's you know relatively cheap. It's hands down the most beautiful place I've ever been. Anyway, I decided to leave um, for a couple of reasons. One was uh, I, I wanted something different with my job. Um, I was teaching a huge grade range and I was teaching general music and I wanted something a little different. And uh, My plan was actually at that point, I had two years experience in a foreign country. I figured I'll have no problem getting a job in the States this time, you know? My plan was to go back to the States and uh, I figured that I would also, while I'm at it, just apply for a couple of uh, dream jobs. Uh, in dream countries <laughs> around the world. And uh, I had just been to Turkey in 2000, uh, 2013, and I was like, and I loved it, I loved Istanbul. Um, and I said, all right, I'm gonna do my best to go to Turkey, uh, Iceland, 
or there's like one or two other countries that are like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. But China wasn't on the list. And um, nothing panned out with those countries. So I was like, ah, oh, forget it. I'll just, you know, go back to the States and, you know, I had a fun adventure overseas and do something else. You know, I'll go back to teaching in the States. And um, what happened was uh, the school that I work at here in, here in China, uh, their music teacher, this was May of 2013, I believe, right. April maybe. Um, their music teacher who uh, was planning on being there the next year had um, kind of, I'm not sure if suddenly, but had quit. And they were looking for someone uh, for a replacement. And so they kind of sent a blanket email out to everyone they could find on these websites that I had referred to earlier. Um, uh, to everyone who kind of fit their uh, qualifications. And they, I had my CV up there, all my all my personal information, and I just kind of lucked out. Um, I, I saw, I, I saw, I saw a posting from them in the emails like, oh, why not, you know? I had, at the time, honestly, I had zero interest in China, you know? I liked Chinese food, and that was as far as my interest in China went before then. Um, and I, so I said, why not apply for, apply for this job? Uh, it can't hurt, you know? Once again, adventure, you know? It's, why not? What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. And, um... So I applied and had Skype interview and um, started looking up this researching the school. Turns out it was you know one of the one of the top schools and in, international schools in Shanghai, um, one of the top schools in, in you know there's a several school uh, chains a chain kind of schools one of the better schools in all over China and and the position was exactly what I was looking for you know and so I eventually got the job offer and at that. Was either take this amazing job in China and or move back to the States for something I'm not sure of and have a job that I don't know if I would like <laughs> probably not get paid that much you know yeah. uh, and so for me it was kind of a kind of a no-brainer um, and the more I looked at Shanghai the more I just fell absolutely in love with what this what the city was and it and is you know um, so in May of 2013, I just said, all right, my international days are going to be longer. <laughs> uh, and uh, at this point now, you know, I'm almost three years, just over two and a half years, almost three years now um, of living overseas. And I honestly have no intention of going back anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> you're, in, you're in love with your new life. I don't know how long I'll be here in China at this school, but, you know, uh, just the things that we were kind of talking about before, the meeting the most amazing people, um, have, telling the most amazing stories, experiencing the most amazing stories, experiencing things that you never thought possible. If you had asked me in 2011, like, you know, what do you think about, like, if you had told me back then some of the stories that happened to me now, in 2014, living in Shanghai, I'd be like, nah, that, that doesn't sound possible, you know? Uh, but it's, you just, you just gotta put yourself out there, and that's kind of what I've learned over the past few years, you know? You gotta embrace 90, it. 99% of the time, when you embrace it, it's a good thing. And that 1% that it's not a good thing, it always makes for a good story. Yes, yes, exactly. That's, that's the, the, 
that's the, the I think one of the biggest takeaways for your story. You, you gotta embrace adventure. You, you gotta, if you have a chance to go to another country to have a different job to someone you have never somewhere you have never heard of, and you have three days to take a decision, just fucking do it. Exactly, exactly. And I for me the worst case scenario of me moving to Oman was I get there and it's a horrible school, horrible place. You know, I break contract, I turn around, and go home. You know, worst case scenario, I'm I'm out a thousand dollars, which I mean, it's that's 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 a lot of money, but I, I have a story to tell from it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's awesome, it's awesome. You you absolutely embrace your 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 sense of of doing something different. It's really good. Yes, exactly. Wow, I I think your story is really good. It's it's very. What's the correct word for it? It's very, it pushes people to, to do things differently, to, 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 to sort of uh, inspire them to have adventures because there's so many people who are not willing just to take that risk, to, to, to do that extra mile. So, wow, I'm, I'm really glad of this. So, thank you for sharing your story. Of course, of course. If I'm uh, leaving, leaving, getting my passport at 23, you know, um, it's for, for most people that's really late. And you know, it's, it's never too late to you know pick up and do something crazy. Um, in Oman, one of my closest friends was 50, gosh, 56, 57, something like that. And he, he, his first time really moving overseas the same year that I went to Oman. He just picked up, went went to this random country. Also, he had a very similar story to me. You know, uh, I mean, the majority of people who travel have been traveling. You know, who have for their whole lives had you know a hundred passport stamps by the time they were 10. It's an exaggeration, but uh, I, people who are listening out there in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it may be, like, you can do it. Like, I know people may, if you're living in the same house, same city, same country your whole life, it seems like, oh, whatever's out there is scary. Yeah, I mean, it is scary, but at the same time, it's, it's scary when you're not there. Then once you're there, once you're experiencing it, the fear always just washes away. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> you you mentioned you mentioned on Reddit that you're working on a website helping be, that's going to help people guide to the to the process of leaving the country and doing things. Is that already live? Is that going up soon? Would you like us to do a shout out to that? What I have is when I first started looking at things overseas, I realized that there was nothing. Uh, out there that was a kind of step-by-step how-to teach overseas for certified teachers. There's plenty of things out there for ESL teachers, English as a second language teachers, yeah, yeah. but people who would be teaching, you know, public school in, in, you know, Nebraska or, you know, teaching in like a private school in Spain or something. And so right now in the process of putting together a website, It's, it's actually, honestly, not going to be launching for about another, probably, honestly, probably not till August. Um, but what I do have is for the past year, I've put together this quite lengthy email um, that, I, that is basically a simplified version of what the website is going to be. Um, it's, a st it's part my story, part how to teach overseas um, at an international school. So if it's okay with you, um, I actually wouldn't mind giving out my um, email address. And if people, if someone out there is interested in 
teaching overseas as like a uh, yeah, an international school, they can email me. Unfortunately, I have not much experience with as an ESL teacher. I can point people in the right direction, but I don't have much experience with that. Um, is that something you, you're okay with? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Go for it. So my, my, my personal email address is ej uh, swider at gmail, and swider is s w i d e r, like spider with a w. Okay. Um, and if they just email me saying like I'm interested, I'm from so and so from wherever, I'm interested in teaching overseas. I have this thing already laid out, and hopefully by August it will be up and looking all pretty on a website. Okay, um, okay, that sounds good. Whenever you have the website, you can tell us, and we can just squeeze a little bit of a, a shout out on a future podcast. That would be fantastic. Yeah, man, you, you just have to tell us. I, I will absolutely be in touch. Okay, nice. Okay, well. We like your story a lot, and thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you, thank you for sharing. We, we will keep in touch, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Right. Again, have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye. That is all for today. We hope you found this story as stimulating as with it. EJ had to take a split-second decision to move to a country that he had barely heard of to pursue a job, and uh, he did results were amazing we hope you embrace your inner sense of adventure remember there, there is no way to fully plan an adventure they just happen so just embrace it and live the spirit of it so until next time goodbye <laughs>